We are live. All right, episode one of the backfield. Here we go. We're making history here. Yeah, All we right. are. All right, so backfield, just a couple of blokes here wanting to talk a bit of footy. So uh, we'll just apologise in advance for any dodgy audio. Um, we're kind of trying to just develop the podcast, and then if it takes off and works, then we'll invest in some quality. But we don't really want to go all out if it isn't going to work. So we're doing a bit of an experiment, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully down the track it'll take off and we'll, we'll get a bit bigger, get a bit better um, audio quality. Also, YouTube listeners will get video up and running as soon as we can. But for now, you'll just have to listen. Anyway, so I'm Sam. And I'm Casey. We're, we're the host for the Backfield Podcast. Yep, just a couple of, uh, of footy-loving fellas over here up in Queensland. Um, so I guess we want to kick off the, today's episode, the first episode, um, which it will be dropping in a couple of days' time. You'll be hearing it uh, New Year's Eve. Um, I guess we just want to talk about um, 2018. Quite a big year in rugby. Um, quite a history for the Blues, actually. Winning Origin. What did you yeah. think? What did you think of Origin? Oh, that was very good. For once in a long time, there was uh, two teams that were picked on pure skill and players' ability, not. Um, you know, not like loyalty or how they work together. It was like you know the. Blues had a fresh, fresh faces, bunch of fresh faces, and the Maroons had a few as well. And they had to bring in like eight new players in the second game, and um, it was really an exciting origin. It's probably one of the best origins I've seen, even though I am a Queensland supporter. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Just a disclaimer: we're we're both Maroons supporters, um, but we both said after Origin that we weren't really disappointed in in the loss because we thought the Blues deserved it and that it was warranted win. Um, so no Paul Gallen, no Robbie Farah, no Jared Hayne, um, which normally in the in the previous years that would would be picked off loyalty instead of form. Um, but we got a new look blue squad. Um, yeah, what was your favourite moment out of Origin? Um, oh my favourite, well, my favourite, but not one I liked, but one I thought was awesome was um, Latrell Mitchell's dominance. Obviously, as a Queensland supporter, that wasn't that fun to watch at the time. But when you look back on it, he was very dominant on that left side, especially he got over Will Chambers a few times. But he, uh, it, was, he made, it was very good. Yeah, He made Will Chambers look like a little kid, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favourite would have been um, Valentine Holmes and his intercept. Um, oh, yeah. Flying Superman intercept. I thought that was phenomenal. Um I just remember standing up and screaming, and it, yeah. was, it was pretty crazy. And we uh, saved was, game three. For was the that Marines. game three? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was save game one. three. Also, Cherry Evans coming back was awesome because Ben Hunt was not cutting it. Yeah, no. Um, uh. So, uh, yeah. So that was my favorite. And uh, what about the grand final? Roosters and Storm. Thoughts on the grand final? Oh, it was um. It was an interesting one because there wasn't when you compare them to the uh, the previous grand finals we've had, especially talking 2015, 2016, they've been very tight. 
tussles and there's been quite an arm wrestle. And then 2017 was obviously, you know, the Cowboys and the Storm and the Storm just completely ran away with that. And we were so used to seeing the Storm just absolutely demolish or come through with something, but they just didn't, they just didn't pull out this, this year. They just didn't show up. Yeah, the score wasn't too bad. I think the score actually flattered the storm a bit because they were absolutely dominated by the Roosters. Yeah. They barely got a chance. Um, like you said, the previous year, the storm ran right at a car, full field, and yeah. like, it was clear dominance, and they got absolutely destroyed this year. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought the Roosters deserved that win. Um, I didn't think the Roosters would, would win the grand final. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were going to um, come up short this year, and then based on their signings for next year, I was like, they're going to go well this year. So I still, I've still got, I still got a, a belief that they might actually do really well next year. But, um, I, yeah, I didn't think they'd make it that far. But fair enough. Yeah, I, I had the rabbits above them. I just think they kind of just flew under the radar. There was a lot of teams like the Rabbitohs were on the rise, and everyone was talking about Melbourne, and the Roosters kind of just. They didn't really do anything spectacular. They did on some occasions, but overall it wasn't that spectacular. They just kind of ground, grinded their way all the way to the finals and then they put on a really good performance one. And What was your yeah. favourite favorite part of the grand final? Favourite part of the grand final? I would say, once again, Luttrell um, scoring his try, steps inside of Chambers and pretty much jumps over Billy Slater uh, to go for a four-pointer, that was pretty incredible just to see him. He did it so casually. It wasn't like, you know, it was, wasn't was like a well-constructed you know, constructed try or something. He really tried. Or he just, like, you know, just walked straight through pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think mine would have to be beers, beers, and more beers. Victor Radley's <laughs> post-match interview. Oh, that, that was, was excellent. That was probably the best post-match interview I've seen. Um, uh, all right, we'll move on. Uh, um, one last thing. Who is your favourite player or maybe top three favourite players of, of 2018? Uh, ooh, jeepers. I'd say, well, number one, you can't go past Kalen Bonger. He's yeah, just what he, what he was able to do with the ball. And he was amazing with it in hand. But when he, like, you know, he could see he could put it on the boot. He was kicking, you know, conversions. He was putting people in holes chucking wide cutout balls. He just had the whole package and he's just, the way he reads the game is quite extraordinary. He's he's definitely my favourite player um, this year and I've been waiting for him to get his break in the NRL. I think he's going to do really well at the Knights. I'm not sure that there's talk of him going to six next year alongside Mitchell Pierce. Um, yeah, nah, I honestly, I reckon he should stay at the number one because he has a lot more room to move. And, you know, especially at the number six, people are going to be hitting him hard, hitting him hard, hitting him hard. And he may not – he might be ready for it, but it's going to be a different ball game. And I think he's better when he's got more room to work with. We could see a Milford-like transition where he, he's come from the Raiders at fullback and slotted into six and everyone's kind of doubted it. And he pretty much single-handedly took the Broncos to the grand final in 2015. Yeah, Could true. be a similar thing for uh, Ponga, but I think Ponga's actually got a lot more raw talent than Milford does with – uh, um, no disrespect to Milford, but I think he's a lot. I don't know. He's just crazy, this kid. And I think yeah. that if he could pull it off, that that's the only thing is uh, who's going to play fullback. There was also Connor yes. Watson. But I honestly would rather have Ponga at fullback and Watson at six than Ponga at six and yes. Watson at fullback. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, also, Valentine Holmes was crazy yeah, Val. this year. 
you know, at almost every game making a line break, scoring a full field try. Um, he was he was incredible, just with with the ball in hand. Uh, it's it's not the greatest thing to see him go, especially as a Queensland supporter. You don't want to see that that talent leave, but you got to deal with it. Six tries in a uh, World Cup yeah, semi-final, was it? Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Was semi-final. Yeah. So like that's pretty crazy, and you know everything else he managed to pull off, and he progressively got better at fullback throughout the year. So yeah, definitely, definitely he was up there with Caelan Ponger. Yeah. Um, James Tedesco had a really good year. Yeah, um, I think Cook, this Cook. year was um, really a battle of the fullbacks. There was obviously you've got the great Billy Slater in his last year, and he had he had an excellent year for his last year, and he was. And then you had Caelan Ponger, you had James Tedesco, Valentine Holmes, and you also had the Dalian Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Yeah, who I think if was crazy. Yeah, I think if Caelan Ponger um, had continued playing and not gotten injured, yeah. I think he was definitely up for a Dally M, which yeah, is definitely. incredible in your first full season. I don't know, you make Queensland, you make, you know, your first full year as a fullback, which is pretty intense. And he was able to perform week in, week out. And yeah. I just hope he keeps it up. Definitely, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, current news. So some things that have occurred over the off season that we should just quickly talk about. Uh, and then we'll move into our 2019 squads and who's come in, who's left for each club, what that does. And then we'll look at our, our next year's ladder prediction and stuff like that. So um, Awesome. So we'll start with Anthony Seabold and Wayne Bennett. Um, what's going on there? I just want your thoughts on that. And basically, well, do you think the Broncos and the Rabbitohs will benefit from the switch or do you think it'll not be good? Um, I personally think that the Broncos will, but the Rabbitohs won't. The Broncos will because they're a very versatile team and they can adapt quickly. As you see, they try crazy things uh, whenever they feel like it. Um, the Rabbitohs, they do like to play a bit of unstructured footy, but I feel like it's going to be put in the wrong way with Ben. He's going to try and just be like that hit up, hit up, hit up. And they're going to go, well, we need to do something, but it's just, they're going to go, we have to stick to the structure, but we want to throw the ball wide. What are we going to have to do? And I reckon they're going to panic. And I still reckon they'll make the top eight, but I don't think they'll go as well as they did the uh, 2018 season. I kind of disagree. I think that they will go well. Um, I think Seabold will bring some new life to the Broncos and I've got them. Uh, we'll see later on. I've got them quite high up the ladder finishing. Um, but I think the Rabbitohs will be up there too, just because Bennett works with a lot of those players, the Burgesses and stuff in um, England squad. And he's also a very good coach and I've got a lot of respect for Wayne Bennett. I think he's one of the best ever. Oh, there's no doubt that he's one of the best ever. So I think he'll, and he's got a point to prove, I think, because he's, um, the whole situation, how he left the Broncos was quite, uh, well, it's no joke or no, sorry, not no, it's no secret, I should say, that, um, things didn't really end that well between him and Paul White, the CEO. No. So um, I think he, he'll, he'll have a point to prove and he'll, I think the rabbits will come out firing. Um, but yeah. And I think Wayne was smart about it. I think he, yeah, he, uh, he, he knew did, what he, was doing. he did well with the media actually. Um, he handled it in a very like, obviously, you know, he's approaching 70, but like, um, he handled it in a very like mature way. A lot of coaches would have, you know, maybe spat the dummy and 
going, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'd be treated in this way. But no, he took it, he, you know, sort of just took it on the chin, but then made it sort of to his advantage. Oh, definitely, because he, then he's the one that got sacked. Like he, you know, like he, I think he knew Seabold was coming. I think Seabold was already yeah. signed before Bennett got sacked. And now, now the Broncos are going to have to pay out the rest of Bennett's contract as well as Seabold's. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think he, he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. All right. And we'll talk a bit about Shane Flanagan. Um, I don't have any disrespect for Shane Flanagan, uh, but in the news that he's obviously been deregistered from the NRL as a coach, uh, it's still actually under investigation. So, um, But at this point in time, he's been deregistered. Um, that was for breaching his suspension in 2014, which they've only just uncovered now. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Sharks are fined 400000 on top of the already 400000 So it's like $800,000 in fines because he emailed the club or allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly, so we're covered because um, I'm not accusing, I'm not accusing <laughs> yeah. him of anything. Nothing's confirmed yet. Uh, and I'm not accusing him of anything. I don't have anything against the guy, but allegedly he was in contact with the club via emails. So Todd Greenberg obviously deregistered him. But what does that do for the Sharks in 2019? That's for the Sharks, especially for players like his son, Kyle, Sean Johnson, uh, any other player, uh, Brett Morris coming in. Is it Brett yeah. or Josh Morris coming into the Sharks? Um, it's one of the Morrises. Yes. Um, Josh Morris. It's Josh yeah. Morris coming into the Sharks. For players who are coming in, they've come in and, you know, they come in for the preseason and they're going, sweet, here's Shane Flanagan. All right, awesome, let's get down to this. And now he's gone and they don't, they might have a different coach or, an, or the assistant coach has stepped up maybe and they won't get that sort of stability and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna know what's then what they want to know what's going on, but it's because that's happening. It's quite uh, shaky, and it may leave the Sharks in a bit of uh, dismantle. Yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll drop out of the eight this year. Unfortunately, they've lost Valentine Holmes, um, they've uh, and they've lost their head coach. Those are just two major ones. They've also lost Luke Lewis to retirement and stuff like that. And I just don't yeah. think they'll cope with the the scandal. It's it's a big thing to happen right in preseason. They're going to be a shambles, and I don't think they'll make the top eight. Um, but I do want to talk about Sean Johnson. That is a benefit that they have, I think. Yes. Um, obviously, that begs the question of who's going to play fullback. You'd assume – oh, sorry, who's going to play six, I should say. You'd assume yes. that Moylan's going to go back to fullback, um, yep. which is a little bit of a shame because I think he was going well in the six. But uh, obviously, you can't put Sean Johnson – no. you can't take, can't take him out of the halves. Like. No, he's very – he's – Ability to read the defense in a very, in very quick succession when they rush up and he can throw short balls or put it out the back. Um, he sort of just needs that to to be there. If the Sharks want to do well, they need someone as confident as Sean Johnson to be in that position so he can make those game winning decisions for them. Yeah, and obviously him and um, uh, Chad Townsend, sorry, yeah. have already played together at yeah, yeah. at the Warriors. So I don't think it should be a problem, uh, Sean Johnson fitting in there. I think he'll that's one benefit they do have. Um, but I just thought how um, the Warriors handled the situation. They fired – well, they didn't fire him, but they, they basically told him that they weren't going to want him after next year's season. So he asked for his early release. But I just think Sean Johnson has literally been one of the only good things out of the Warriors. And uh, they've allegedly come out saying that he doesn't fit within the culture of the club. But I just think he's been like, for lack of a better term, the poster boy of the Warriors for the past, you know, however many years. Yeah. Since two thousand and eight or something. So he's like I just think 
the Warriors have screwed up big time by, by letting yeah, him go. He's he's definitely like, who's their halves now? Blake, uh, Blake Green. He's yeah, like but you know, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to reach to their juniors now, yeah. and um, in the time that it is of preseason, that may not be the best thing. I think Warriors are screwed this year as well. Yeah, I've got them down. Um, yeah, I've got them quite low on my list actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I just wanted to um, quickly talk. Last one is Ben Barber. Uh, yes or no? Do you think he's a good buy for the Cowboys? Oh, I reckon he's an excellent buy. Um, I think he's a good buy because um, he's very, very. When every time he's gone to a new club, he's brought something that they haven't had. Even when he came to the Broncos and he didn't, you know, he played good, but he didn't play that well. But he still brought, you know, an X factor sort of thing. And now the uh, Cowboys have lost Lachlan Coote, so they need a fullback and. Based off what uh, Ben Barber did in the UK in the Super League was like you know some stupid like twenty three tries. He was 20... incredible. Yeah, he just you know he tore apart teams over there. And if he can just keep up that you know that um, ability, then he'll go great. As long as he doesn't screw it up in any off seasons, then he'll be fine. Yeah, I think he. I think you're right. I think he. Every time he he got done uh, while he's at the Bulldogs. And yeah, he ended up with the Sharks, and he took them to a premiership. He won. He was a big part of that premiership. When Definitely. Then he got caught out again. He tore up in England. He's back. I think he's got a point to prove. And if he can keep his head screwed on, I think the Cowboys have recruited very, very well this year. And yeah. We'll oh, definitely. Later, but I think he's the best buyer of the season. I think he'll. He's a proud Indigenous Australian as well. So I think yeah, up there, like, I think culture up at the up in the Northern Territory. Yeah. Uh, sorry, up at North Queensland. Um. So I think, yeah, yeah um, well. especially with, when he's because obviously JT is going to be up there, and JT is a very influential player, and you know he's got a lot of veterans with him in Matt Scott, and I'm sure he's been in the merging squad before, and there's a lot of Queenslanders like Josh McGuire, he'll be there, you know, um, and he'll be able to talk to them, and people like JT will be able to like you know keep him on the right path, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we'll move on. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and we'll talk about uh, some signings for next year. Yeah. Who's in and out of each club. So I'm going to go through every club. Um, and uh, we're going to see who left and who's come in and whether whether we think it'll benefit or de-benefit the club. Um, so we'll start with the Broncos. Yep. Uh, really the only major signing is Sean O'Sullivan from the Roosters. Um, good utility player or can slot yeah. the halves. That'll be good um, for when, if a test comes up and Cody Nicarima or Anthony Milford are out and we need someone to slide in quickly. Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for utility. Um, we have lost a few players. Corbin yeah. Sims, Josh McGuire is a big one. Yeah. And Sam Thide obviously retired. That's quite a bit of grunt in the forward pack, but I think they have enough strike in the young forwards. Yeah. That I think they can and do very well this year. Offerhand Gowie, Pungo Jr., you know, uh, we've got Payne Haas, Jaden Sewer, we've got David Feeder, uh, Andre, uh, sorry, what's his last name? Andre Savellio. that's the one from England. He tore apart and unfortunately he got a, um, he did his ACL, ACL yeah. uh, early last year. So he wasn't able to show anything to anyone. But I reckon with that forward pack, they'll be okay. And But the um, we do have... In Jonas Pearson and Tom Opacek, those losses are quite 
they're big in the sense that there's not many people to back up. Well, yeah, they were definitely a big part of our depth when we we had centers and wingers in origin. They were definitely the yeah. ones backing up. But I think uh, Katoni Staggs, if he's still around, and um, which I think he's resigned. Hey, yes, Katoni yeah, Staggs yes. uh, was was big, and we've got uh, obviously. I've got Jimmy the Jet. Yeah, James Roberts. Uh, and they'll, uh, we have Jack Bird as well. Jack Bird. I think I, I'm back on Jack Bird this year. I, I did not I did not know why the Broncos bought him. And, I'm, and I was disappointed in his performance last year. He obviously got injured, played a couple of games. But he's got so much more to give. And I think yeah. that... Um, you know, he's made blues. And he, he was, yeah, he, you know, he's in like the junior squad for Australia. And... So he can definitely play rugby. He just wasn't there for he it in 2018. Needs to find his spark. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we'll move on to the Raiders. Um, we've got John Bateman coming in from Wigan, which is big. Um, Ryan Sutton as well. Uh, other than that, uh, they are losing Shannon Boyd, yeah. Junior Paulo, and Blake Austin. Who are um, very big players for them. Yeah, I think well, Shannon Boyd is physically a very big player. Yeah. So um, also as well as Junior Paulo. Junior Paulo. Yeah. I think. I have um, Raiders as to be very, very low on yeah. just because they're going to lose their two front runners, right? So that's that's their power from the get-go. And when they come back on to the field around the 50-minute mark, when whenever uh, Ricky Stewart decides to put them back on, they don't have that force to, you know, keep going forward and, like, be sort of like a stable forward pack. They've, they didn't really have it last year, but now with those two going, it's yeah, it's be only, much worse. It's only downhill for the Raiders from here. I'm sorry, Raiders fans, but I don't agree. I don't. I do agree. Sorry with you. I don't think they'll go very well. And Blake Austin, he didn't have the best year last year. Um, no, but he. You does can definitely see his freakish, talent. He can, yeah, he has freakish plays. He pulls them out of nowhere. And I think, yeah, they've got now it's Aiden Caesar alone, and he's not, you know, in the top halves of the NRL anyway. So, but yeah, no. Um, anyway, Bulldogs. Um, they get uh, Jack Cogger. From the Knights, um, Christian Crichton and Corey Harawir and Ira from the Panthers mm, is good. Also, good. Dylan Napa from the Roosters. Um, so I think they've recruited quite well, actually. Um, I've still got them finishing outside the eight. Uh, I just yeah, don't think they're. I just don't think they're 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 cut up for it. No, um, um, but they lose Josh Morris, I Brett s- Morris, and Clemmer. Yes, that there's some pretty big names. Also, Matt Frawley was like. Like what the Broncos had, they had backups. Matt Frawley was a good backup. Mm. So whenever they lost someone in the halves, he always stepped forward. And he usually had a pretty good game. But thing I, uh, when I look at this lineup for the Doggies, it looks like a very undisciplined team. You know, because like, you know, Dylan Up is a hothead and he's good, but, you know, he oh, gives away Queensland. a lot. Of- yeah, he's, he gives away a lot of penalties. Nick Meaney's only fresh. Jack Cogger's only fresh. You know, Christian Crichton, he's he's gets a bit of flair. Suaso Sue again. Um, and that, you know, it seems like an undisciplined team. If they can get those penalties down and retain the ball, then I think they might actually do pretty well. But I don't know how well they will actually go. Yeah, I don't. I agree. They'll probably do better than last year, I'd say. But uh, anyway, well, I guess we'll see. Um, Cronulla, uh, they're getting Josh Morris... And uh, Sean Johnson, that's big. But they are losing Jesse Ramian, Edric Lee, Ricky Latelli, Valentine Holmes, just to name a few. Yeah. Um, so I think, and again with the whole coach, uh, the whole coach situation. Sorry, um, I 
just can't really see them doing very well. Well, they also lost Luke Lewis to yeah. retired, and we're uncertain of what James Seguiero is doing at the moment, but there's a little bit of talk about him heading off somewhere else, so who knows. Yeah, he James Seguiero is a very big uh, player for them because he adds that you know that, that spark when they're all, when all the players are down. He has that quickness, you know, splitting splitting the defense and just going up the middle. He does that very well. Uh, Jesse Ramey and Ricky Latelli, I think that's where it's going to hurt the most, other than obviously Valentine Holmes. But they they were two very solid centers for the Sharks last year. Uh, I know Ricky Latelli has been around for a while, and Jesse Ramey came in as, as a fresh face, and he you know he had very good defense, and you know he scored a lot of tries for them. But I think that link there is going to be quite uh, disrupted for yeah. 2019. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't rate the Sharks in 2019, but we'll see what happens. You never know with the NRL. Um, what do we got? Uh, the Gold Coast. So, I quite like the Gold Coast. Uh, they've got Tyrone Peachy, which is big. Um, Shannon Boyd. Tyrone Roberts is, is back. Uh, and Riley Jacks, obviously, young gun. Yeah. They have lost Kane Elgy and Conrad Harrell, which really, I think, they've replaced with Tyrone Peachy and um, Tyrone Roberts. So, and all Riley Jacks. Yeah. So I guess um, they've also got AJ Brimson up there, uh, who's killing it. Yeah, so, he's doing really well. Um, they're a bit uncertain because I don't know. They've got the squad to do it, and if um, uh, Ashley Taylor performs, yeah, I reckon they can. Ashley Taylor has. You you see, whenever the Titans play well, you see it, like you know they they thrash the Broncos in like round four. Um, of 2018, and you saw Ashley Taylor just, he controlled the game. Yeah. He was very much in charge, leading his players around. But when he's not, they they sort of just lose their lose their cool. They sort of just start doing, you know, unorthodox things, and it's it doesn't look like how you should play. But no. they definitely have the squad to do it. Yeah. Um, but I like Tyron Roberts and Riley Jacks coming in. I think Riley Jacks is a great young player, and I think if you play him... And um, uh, sorry, Ash Taylor in the halves, um, and you play AJ Brimson out the back, and Tyron Roberts as your kind of mentor to Ash Taylor. I think I'm not really sure what they're going to do there, but I think uh, if you take a bit of pressure off Ash Taylor and you put it on someone else, because I think what what didn't work with Kane LG, um, and no disrespect for him, obviously, but he just didn't control enough of the game, and Ash yeah. Taylor had to do it all. He's only a young player put under pressure and he he, cr- he crumbled under it. So I think if you take a bit of pressure off Ash Taylor, that's when he's going to be kicking his freakish 40-20s and his field yeah. goals. And he's, you know, he, he I think he was up there for um, uh, try assists for the year. So he's the, he's crazy player, but he just needs, yeah. to, uh, needs to perform. Yep. I agree. All right. Um, manly. Manly, manly. Um, KLG, Brendan Elliott, uh, Corey Waddell, Ruben Garrick. But yeah. They have recruited pretty bad. Yeah, they have. It's not a uh, looking that good for them. Obviously, they've lost uh, uh, Kilo Awade, Sean Lane, Tom Wright, Brian Kelly, and Matt yeah. Wright, and they're all sort of names that sort of just sit there. You go, you know, I've Tom Wright's uh, been pretty good in the rugby union scene. Sean Lane, he came out pretty strong, uh, twenty eighteen. Obviously, Aquila Uade was good on the wing, and um, Brian Kelly was a great centre for them. But so I think it's going to hurt them a fair bit. But if um, the Trevojevic brothers and uh, DCE step up, they might do all right. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't rate them very well. Um, but 
you know, and they've, they've just got situations there. We, we've talked about their financial situations and, um, yeah, I don't think it's good for Manly. I don't have them very high. Um, we'll move on to Melbourne. Uh, I think I feel like it's much of a muchness for Melbourne. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, the only recruit so far is Murray and Seve from the Broncos. They lose Tim Glasby and Riley Jacks, um, as well as a couple of other players. And obviously, Billy Slater and Ryan Hoffman retired. Uh, Billy Slater's a pretty big loss, but honestly, I think they, they cover can it. cover it. Uh, I think yeah. Melbourne's way too smart. I think they're... Uh, especially under Bellamy, yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't have them in the top four this year, um, but I have them in the top eight, and there's yep. no doubt they'll be they'll be successful. And obviously, the uh, Cameron Smith has not signed again, but yep. we all know that he will. Yeah, we're we'll pretty be very sure. very surprised if Cameron Smith does not re-sign. Yeah. Um, but you never know. He did pull a shifty on Queensland this year. That is true. That was a <laughs> dog move. Yeah, um, just pulled I'm out two weeks salty. after. Cameron, if you're listening, at me, um, at the Backfield Podcast, and we'll have a chat. Yeah. Um, Dr. Boys, what else we got here? Uh, the Knights, uh, the Knights, Knights. I, I love the Knights. Um, Tim Glasby, Jesse Ramian, Edric Lee, Mason Lino, Dave Clemmer, Zach Wolford, Heimel Hunt, Kurt Mann. And James Gabbard as well from the Warriors. Like that, what a squad on top of their already. On top of, you know, Mitchell Pierce, Kalen Ponga. Who else they got? They got, um, they've, uh, they got. SKD, yeah, Sean Kingdow, who I was actually picked it up. I, I, yeah. I never rated Sean Kingdow. He had his one-off moments, but I think he did better at the Knights. Um, also, uh, Connor Watson, up-and-coming yeah. young guy. Sione uh, Mataria. Yeah, Sione Mataria was the name I was about to say. But they, uh, they've lost Jack Cogger, Nick Meany, Brock Lamb, Ken Seo. Yeah, but um, personally, really, I don't think that'll do much to no. them. No, I think it's up for the Knights. I've, I've got them in my top, uh, top eight. Yeah, me too. Um, I think they'll go very, very well this yeah, especially year. Especially with, if you watched uh, the Bulldogs played the Warriors last year and you saw David Clemmer, you know, Blues front runner, run at James Gavitt and James Gavitt put him on his ass. So, like, that's going to be very good for them. That's going to be very good. That's right. I think their forward pack's good. I think if their back line can click, I think there'll be no worries. And I would... I would not write them off for a premiership. I don't think they'll go there this year. I think they've still got a bit of building to do, but they're definitely on the up, and I wouldn't write them off. I think that they're a chance. Um, the Cowboys as well. We're up to the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, also up there with the Knights in regards to recruiting. Definitely. They have uh, Tom Opacek, uh, Josh McGuire, Ben Barber, Nene McDonald, Kurt Baptiste. Yep. They only lose Lachlan Coote and Kane Lynette, who, in my opinion, were already on the down. They weren't exactly doing anything yeah, no. for the Cowboys. They weren't um, big helps. No, no disrespect for them. Um, but, yeah, they've recruited very well. Josh McGuire on top of already Jason Tamalolo, Matt Scott. Um, Jordan McLean. Jordan McLean, like – you saw That's, what they did last yeah, year. Just the three the of field. them. Plus just the three of them. You're adding Josh McGuire into the Plus mix, moves. They, That's just going to be hectic. It's going to be an unstoppable squad, in my opinion. I think they'll go very, very well. The only thing I wonder is with Josh McGuire is where they're going to position him. Yeah. I reckon I would put him... Because if you notice with the Cowboys, they were always playing a bit of comeback footy, right? Mm. And when they played comeback footy is when they put Jordan McLean, Matt Scott, and Jason Tumalala all up, on at the same time. If they want to maintain a consistency throughout a whole game, they're going to have to put it into twos, I reckon. Yeah. Put yeah, maybe Jordan McLean and Josh Maguire on it once and then swap them for Jason Tomalolo and Matt Scott or yeah, something like that. Rotating. Yeah, because otherwise they're just going to gas them quickly and then the other team will just run away with it and they won't be able to have that stability in the forward pack. 
That's right. And on, on top of already, obviously, um, Cohen Hess up there as well. Yeah. Uh, unit up there. Um, yeah, and obviously they lost Jonathan Thurston and Antonio Winterstein to retirement, but we all knew that was going to happen. I don't think Jonathan Thurston will be an issue. Obviously, it's no. a big loss. He would be to any club. But, but you saw what they did Michael in Morgan. 2017. Yeah, when Michael Moore, because Michael Moore, was, he was uh, injured quite early, uh, you know, tore his bicep. Um, but you saw what he did in 2017. Pretty much single-handedly took the Cowboys to a grand final. You know, oh, he was incredible. Massive credit know. to him. Absolutely, and I don't know uh, if they're gonna. I mean, Ben Barber has played halves, but I, I rate him at fullback. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, I'd be playing. Well, I guess it's Tamari Martin. Um, yes. The, the, the Although six or seven. there's also uh, Jake Clifford. Yeah, that is true. Who's the young gun there? He's doing all right, but he's still got a, a lot to learn. But anyway, I think they've got no. They've got lots of strike in the forwards, and they've got lots of strike in the backs. So if they can combine, yeah. I put them in my top four. I think they might have the best winger pairing in the comp. Nano McDonald and Kyle Felt. The yeah. only the only other ones I would rate higher than that would be Josh Adokar and Suliasi Vunavalu, or yeah. Corey Oates and Jermaine Asako. Yeah, they're they're, they're my top winger winger pairs. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on from the Cowboys to Parramatta. They obviously get Junior Paulo and Blake Ferguson, which is a big in. He had the most yep. run meters in 2018. They lose um, Corey Norman, though, to the Dragons, which is a big loss. But um, at yep. the same time, it could work in their favor because I think the Corey Norman slash Mitchell Moses combo was not really working. Um, no, you know, I had it for a couple of years and it just, they never really clicked. They It looked like they should have, but uh, based on their playing styles, you know, Mitchell is quite a. Um, you know, he likes to have the hand in the ball and give short balls. And then Corey Norman likes his kicks over the top and his little grubbers. Um, and they just, they should have clicked, but for some reason they just didn't. Yeah, I agree. Um, so look, oh, they obviously, um, Jared Hayne as well, which he, uh, I was kind of enjoying seeing Jared Hayne. He was on the rise a little bit, but obviously he was an idiot off the field and that's why he yeah. isn't coming back in 2019, but that's no one's fault, but his. Um, but I suppose he's not too much of a loss. He is, he is on his way out. Yeah. Uh, over to the Panthers, uh, they get Tim Grant and uh, Malachi Wittenis Lesniak for the Tigers to partner his brother, um, Dallin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they, they lose Christian Crichton, Corey Harrell, and Tyrant Peachy. Um, Trent Merrin is off. Peter yeah. Wells retired, obviously. As well as Tim Brown, yeah. Um, Corey, there was a lot of shine on uh, Viliami kickout for the Panthers, but Corey Harawira-Naira was up there with the best forward in um, the Panthers squad. Oh, yeah, he was underrated. For sure. He was very, very – he just – for some reason, he could just take that, uh, you know, take that defense line back and keep and keep the ball moving. And he was very, he just seemed to always know what he's doing. And I think that's going to be a big loss for them. Can we just talk about Peter Wallace for a sec? Played like, yeah, played like three games. games with no ACL whatsoever. Yeah, like he, what a unit. Yeah, um, he's a charger. But then, like, I, I honestly had no idea. I didn't even know he was sort of. It was so under the weather. And then there's a, oh yeah, you know, you're something like round six or something. It's like, oh, Peter Wallace retires due to ACL. I was like, when did he have an ACL? Yeah, no one knew about it. He just charged through it. Um, so, uh, Panthers, yeah, they'll go well again this year. I think they, you know, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Dragons, 
get Corbin Sims, Jonas Pearson, Lachlan Morantis back from the Queensland Reds, and they yes. get Corey Norman in. And I like that recruit, uh, yes. recruitment. Corey Norman, um, where do you play him is the question. Do you play him at fullback or do you put Gareth Witter at Well, fullback? that's the thing. That's what I actually just wanted to touch on because there's obviously this big uh, rumour thing that Gareth Whittaker is going back to England, right? Yeah. And personally, I think with the way he plays, that could be very, 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 very damaging to the Dragons. You know, he's him and when him and Ben Hunt were able to connect, they put on some magical performances, and they were able to play really well. But um, Corey Norman just, is, I think it's going to be very similar to the Mitchell Moses and Corey Norman if it's. Corey Norman and Ben Hunt, I feel like those two won't connect. They did. They did play at the Broncos together. Um, that is true, actually, in the up and coming Broncos squad. But I don't know if they lose um, uh, with Gareth Widdop. I think it's over for them because they have spent millions and millions on halves. Look how much they spent on Ben Hunt. Now they yeah, got like Corey six million. Norman, yeah, they got Gareth Widdop. If if they don't go to the Premiership, you know, in the next couple of years with those players there, they've miss their opportunity because definitely you know I, I just don't I don't like them um, uh, I don't like them in 2019 I have not put them in my top eight unfortunately I think I've I've got I'm basing it off whether Gareth Widdop mm. is there that's true so but we'll get to that a bit later yep um, they obviously lose Leeson Armel Nanny McDonald Kurt Mann just to name a few but um, and Jason Nightingale retired. Yes. The, the veteran. The ever-reliable Jason Nightingale. The, the king of face-planting in the corner. Yeah. The <laughs> um, Catching the ball with his back. Yeah. Uh, we'll go Rabbits now. They get Kurt Dillon, Bailey Sirenin, Corey Allen from the Broncos. Um, and they lose Jason Clark, Angus Crichton, which is a big one. And Heimel Hunt was uh, fairly good this year. Yes. Um, uh, no, no big signings for no. the Rabbits. They didn't. Obviously, um, they're, they're going to be looking at you know their big names, uh, Inglis, Burgess brothers. You know all them. The thing I'm wondering is, I also came across Johnston and the Inglis saga. Whether there was rumours that Johnston was going to leave because they wanted to put Inglis back at fullback, which I reckon is. Not the smartest decision. Yeah, it's trash. Inglis is, you know, he's just a natural. You can see what he can do at centre. He's a great fullback, but he's oh, he was a much better fullback. He's just a much better centre. Johnston can play fullback very well, and he was very yeah. successful this year. And I think Inglis is like, there's no point in putting him at fullback. He tore up in the centres. I, yeah, I think, but I, um, Inglis is smart, um, and he's mature player and I think he knows he'll know what he wants and he'll know what's best for the team I think he'll make the yeah. right decision also he's the captain so he is the captain he'll be he'll um, be able to leave that around but no um, pretty much their biggest loss is Angus Crichton yeah. and that brings us on to the Roosters where how I do not know they are like how are they still on the salary yeah it, well it blows you look my at, mind you look at who they've lost Blake Ferguson's gone to the Eels They've recruited Ryan Hall, who unfortunately is injured, but he's one of their best wingers he, ever yeah, from England. Yeah, he's like amazing. And Brett Morris as well, who, you know... He's a big name. Brett Morris, you know, Australia origin, there's no doubt that he's a great player. And you can argue that he's getting a bit old, but he's still reliable. And I yeah. think that replaces Blake Ferguson. They've obviously lost um, Ryan Madison and Dylan Napa, but they've recruited Angus Crichton, origin, yeah. young gun. I don't... I put I have the Chooks finishing first again. Me too. And I think they're I think 
they have a very good shot at going back to back. Um, if you look at the Stabilian, they still got Kronk yeah. in there, who hopefully goes the full year without injury. They got Tedesco at the back. I like unstoppable. Yeah, like but let's here here we go. We've got t- let's look at their think of the status of these players: Tedesco, Daniel Tupo, Latrell Mitchell, Joseph Manu, Brett Morris, Ryan Hall, Cooper Kronk, Luke Keary, Boyd Cordner. Jake Angus Fame. Crichton, Victor Radley, who's up and coming, and he was very, very good. Right? I could Bears, keep Bears. going. Yeah, I could keep going. Jake Friend, you know, yeah. emerging squad for Queensland. Like, I could keep going. There's How yeah, yeah. they have not been investigated is ridiculous. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they uh, Yeah, you look at that squad and you're like, that. they have to be over the cap. But, you know, yeah. I don't want to point fingers. I think whatever. If they can get away with it, go for it. Um, or they might be under the cap. Who knows? Um, there's a bit. I think them and the Broncos are two very big clubs, and I don't know. There could be room for uh, conspiracy theories that the NRL is kind of letting that go under the wraps because they bring in a lot of money. But you know, yeah, believe whatever you want. Um, well, the Roosters only bring in money around finals time. That's true. I've got. That's true. That I don't they're, see. How, well, next year they'll be up. Yeah, definitely. Because, like you know, you watch the grand finals as Roosters fans everywhere, but you watch, you know, last year round four. There was like barely any. Yeah. You know, there was barely any Roosters fans. And it's kind of sad because it used to be such a big thing um, down there. But you look at Roosters games, the only ones that really pack out are the Roosters Dragons, Anzac Test, and the Roosters Rabbits. Other than that, yeah. there's like, there's like less than 10,000 people. There. Yeah, I know. Like, you look at Queensland and, and Suncorp. You know, Suncorp. North Queensland, they yeah, like, pack out. And like a th- well. Yeah, you know, like a 30,000 average. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Seabus, Gold Coast, well, that. That's the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast isn't as big a place as Brisbane or, you know, it's not as wide, widely diverse as, you know, North Queensland or Melbourne. Um, Yeah. Obviously, everyone, if you support rugby league and you're from Victoria, obviously, you're going to go for Melbourne. Um, But, like, you know, they've only got that small little place of the Gold Coast. You can't really blame them. No, but I just think uh, I'd like to see uh, crowds pick up again. and also, ANZ Stadium is a terrible stadium. Like we've we've both been there multiple yeah. times. We've been to a couple of grand finals, and, and honestly, like compared to Suncorp Stadium, um, it's got nothing. And yeah, no. it, it holds more people, but the atmosphere but, yeah. is worse. Yeah, the, the atmosphere of a grand final is the same of a Broncos Cowboys round two match. Yeah, that's right, and that's. It's kind of sad for New South Wales yeah. because it'd be good if they could get that week in, week out. I think the Chooks crowds will go up this year. That's yeah, what, if they can get, get it's just like the, I don't know what it is, it's just the atmosphere is not there anymore. And I wish it would come back because it's what it's all about. Who who wouldn't want to go see Tedesco tear up the midfield? Yeah, I know, so exactly. I'll, I'll definitely be uh, uh, seeing him as much as I can because uh, he's crazy, dude. Yeah, um, he can do some freakish things. We got the Warriors. They're in some serious strife. They've recruited Lisa Armour um, from the Dragons. And that's about it. Lachlan yeah. Heron, Adam Kieran. No, we haven't really heard yeah. much from them. But... No. Um, and they've yeah. obviously lost uh, Mason Leno and Sean Johnson, James Gabbett. There's some big ones. Simon Manning yeah. retired. I'm not going to say much on the Warriors. They're screwed. Yeah, um, it sort of speaks for themselves. Yep. It just They're just not looking too good, actually. No. All right, and uh, Tigers is our Tigers. last team. We've got Paul Momorowski, Ryan Madison, which is a big buy actually. Zane yeah, Musgrove. They That's going to be some nice, some nice uh, pack in the forwards. Yeah, but they do lose a few. Tui Lola here, Kevin Nagama, and Malakai with Henny Zalesniak to name a few. Bailey Sirenen as well. Yeah, Tim Grant. So 
the Tigers, I kind of put them around the same as last year. Yeah, no. They, they'll do a bit. They'll do do well. Um, Luke Brooks it has been quite good. He was half of the year, was he not? Yes, um, he was. But, uh, look, they won't do terrible, but I don't think they'll make Yeah, no, I don't know that if they'll do um, just – I think they'll be, like, maybe 10th spot, yep. I'd say. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's all 16 teams. Um, who's going to be your favorite team to watch in 2019? Who's the team you're going to want to? Oh, um, team of 2019. The ones I Knights. It's got to be the Knights. Knights, yeah, that's just thing. like they're pure talent. They they can do some serious damage. They're my team to watch. Same. Um, but my uh, my predicted 2019 ladder as of round 26. Well, let's just quickly before you say that. Let's oh, yeah. just quickly go through last year's ladder. Finished as of round 26 was Roosters. Storm, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Panthers, Broncos, Dragons, Warriors, Tigers, Raiders, Knights, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Titans, Sea Eagles, and then Eels. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to ask you, 2019 ladder, at yep. round 26, what's it going to look like in your opinion? Well, based on the signings that they have and the players that they have and their you know ever-evolving team, uh, the Roosters are my number one spot. Yeah. Now, number two. It is based off whether Gareth Widdop is there. It's the Dragons. Yeah. If Gareth, because because you notice twenty seventeen, they made it to about you know late May, early June, and then they started dropping off. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, they didn't make the the yeah, eight. They, they didn't make lost the eight. The last yeah. Game and, yeah. They lost last game to the Bulldogs, and then you watched last year, and they made it a little bit further, more like you know late July. And then they dropped off a bit, and then they were able to pick it up at the end. I don't see how it happens. I'm honestly, yeah. I get so confused because Ben again. Hunt was firing, and, and they were all raving. We bought the best half of the comp, and then you know, literally yeah, the goat. Know, up into the season, he was the worst half of the comp yeah. in the media's opinion, at least. So I like, I just don't know how they keep doing it. It's insane. Yeah, no, but you know, I noticed that it's a bit of a pattern. They go a little bit longer. They they stay better for a little bit, and I reckon if they can, you know, last until September because. It gets to a crunch time, and they'll make it to sept- September uh, in 2019. I reckon they'll, you know, keep that uh, sec- – I reckon second position. Next, right. in my third, I have the Broncos. Yeah. I have the Broncos because they have some good signings. They have Seabold, uh, you know, as their coach, and they have a little bit more time to gel. They've get- they've been given that certainty from the Bennett-Seabold saga because they-, they wanted that, and that's what they gave them. And – Judging off what happened in 2018, they're a little bit shaky, a bit inconsistent. But I reckon now they've got time to gel. I reckon they're going to go good in for a, a third spot. Yeah. Number four, I got Storm, purely because it's the Storm. Mm. I had this, like you know, yeah, it's a bit. It's just explains itself. Knights, I have as number five. Mm. I got Knights because what they just missed the eight. Uh, 2018, they just just missed it. Um. And I've got that because they have some excellent signings. And like I said, they're my team to watch, but I don't think they'll make uh, the grand final. Mm. I have Cowboys as my number six because they also have some great signings in Ben Barber and Nana McDonald. Um, and I feel like they are going to go really well, especially uh, especially in the forwards. They'll go. I feel like they'll do great. Now, my uh, my number... Seven, eight, and nine are all very, very similar. I have Sharks, Rabbitohs, and Panthers. 
in my seven, eight, nine, but I feel mm. like they could be in either one of those positions. Yeah, yeah not not set in stone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Panthers, because they lose a few. Uh, Rabbits, just because they're not looking. I feel like, you know, this, like I said, I think, I think the, uh, the Bennett saga will actually disrupt them. So mm. I, I've put them a bit lower. And the Sharks, they are, you know, they, they're a courageous team and they fight well in, you know, it's a, always a good tussle with them. But I've, I've just got them in that seventh spot, but they could be, you know, seventh, eighth or ninth, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Then I go to Titans. Titans have some pretty good signings. Um, and I've got them there for number 10. Seagulls is 11. The rest are pretty. So Seagulls, Tigers, Eels, Bulldogs, Warriors. And so they're, they're all pretty explan- uh, self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, and my last one is the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders there because Get mainly, spoon. yeah, you know, they've lost uh, Jordan Rapana to injury. He's yeah. Out, he's out all next year. Uh, that's a, obviously a massive loss. We still don't know what's happening with Jack Whiten. Yeah. So there's no secure fullback. Blake Austin's gone. Yeah. So that's not in the halves. Their Junior Paulo and Shannon Boyd are gone from the front row. Yeah. So I, I just reckon they're not going to go well at all. I reckon I predict three wins for them. Sheesh. Not looking good for the Raiders fans. And uh, it'll be good to see some Ricky Stewart uh, press conferences after, that, <laughs> after this upcoming season. Um, I'll go through mine quickly. I've also got the Roosters at first. I think they're they're going to back up really well. Um, Broncos are second for me. I think the young forward pack and Anthony Seabold, I think it will get them through. I think they'll. it'll be like 2015 reborn. They'll just come through firing. I just don't think they'll be able to get that first spot. We've got the Rabbitohs in third. I think they'll do pretty well. Um, I've got the Cowboys in fourth and the Knights in fifth. But like you said, I reckon either of those could switch. I think uh, I just don't want to quite put the Knights in the top four. I'm just not sure if they have that experience yet, whereas the Cowboys definitely do. Uh, I've got Storm in sixth. I've got the Panthers at seventh, and I've actually got the Titans at eight. A um, little bit of controversy there, uh, but I just think that they might uh, cub through with some good, uh, some good. Dude, you're breathing into the mic. I just can't. I just can't concentrate. Are you there? You're yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Just, just copping mad breath in my ears. Um, uh, where was I? Titans. Yeah, I just think they'll. They'll come through. AJ Brimson, Ash Taylor, they'll all click um, with Riley Jackson. It'll be good. I've got the Dragons in ninth. Uh, don't think they're going to quite make it. Tigers, 10. And Sharks, 11. Um, Raiders, 12. Uh, Doggies, 13. 14 is Warriors. The Eels escape the wooden spoon in 15th. And I've got the Manly Seagulls dead last with the spoon. And I agree. I think they'll get minimal wins below five, I'd say. And they'll just... Yeah. It'll be a shocking year for them. Um, rapid fire question: Who's your grand finalists? Grand finalists are the Broncos and the Dragons. I've got Broncos and Roosters, um, and too early to predict. Obviously, we'll have to see how the teams go. But I think Roosters go back to back. Um, I'd I'd be I'd put money on Roosters to go back to back. Um, I think it'd be a good investment just because. Yeah. They've got the exact same squad. I think they're only going to be bigger and better. They'll be yeah. hard to beat next year. But Definitely. I think the Broncos will. I think the Broncos will get through on pure talent and strike rather than necessarily um, experience. Yeah, yeah. I think they've got a lot of players like Tavita Pangai Jr., Anthony Milford, Cody Nikarima, uh, Jermaine Asako that can just like 
full yeah. of crazy stuff. Yeah, dude. Like like um Asako's win against the yeah against the Roosters. That was that was freakish and how they you know, Tavita Pungo Jr.'s done some crazy things. Corey that, Oates that, even. They've just there's been some Corey crazy Oates, things yeah. and they it's things that you just can't see coming. You just go, How did that happen? Oh for you know? sure. Corey Oates had a killer um against Manly in the last round. Oh yeah. So I just think I just think um they'll win off freakish plays, but it's the Roosters' experience which will win the grand final against yeah. them. It'll go back to back. That's just my opinion. I don't know. It could be Warriors and Eels grand final. You just never know with NRL. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So we've gone through our ladder. That's pretty much all we've got for today's episode. Um, so, like we said, um, look into probably the next episode in a couple of weeks. Um, but once the up and uh, once the NRL season's up and running, we're looking to have an episode a week, um, reviewing the week that went by and the week ahead. Um, so, and like we said, if it takes off and does well, we're definitely down to get some better equipment and start really giving it a go. But, uh, this is just all experimental and we'll see if, uh, we get some support. Uh, uh, we welcome any feedback you guys have or anything like that. Let us know where we can improve. Let us know what you want, what you want to hear as fans and stuff. And uh, we'll definitely do our best to deliver for you. Uh, Casey, any last words? Uh, yeah, we just, we love the support. Where we, we're also getting great support on our Instagram page at the Backfield Podcast, which has been awesome. We're getting all those likes, and it's been great. Uh, make sure that you're checking that out. You know, we're doing our uh, top ten favorite players of 2018, and we'll do it for 2019, and we'll do plenty of predictions and who we like. And at some point, I reckon we should do a nice, um, you know, a team of the year. Get all our favorite players together and put them in a team and see what they could do. And I reckon if we can get some nice support from you guys, we'll be able to make all that happen. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, well, so. Next episode, we'll uh, we'll look a bit more into twenty nineteen, and we'll might do a bit of a more in depth look at twenty eighteen. Some of our favorite players and, and favorite matches, favorite moments, etc., like that. And we'll also have uh, special episodes for Origin and Test matches and Grand Finals slash Final Series. So make sure you tune in throughout the year. And uh, obviously, we're available on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other po- podcast streaming platforms. Uh, we'll also be up on YouTube. We're hoping to get some video um, up and running for you, for those of you who like to watch the podcast. But uh, for now, it's just going to have to do uh, with just listening because we're just, like we said, we're just experimenting and seeing what, what works and what doesn't and uh, what you guys like. So um, on that note, we'll sign off and um, I'm sure we'll see you in a couple of weeks. This will be airing um, New Year's Eve. So happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Hope Have a good 2019. Yep. Yeah, hope the uh, hope your team goes well, um, and uh, we'll be seeing you all soon. Alrighty. All right. See you, Cheers. fellas.